I, I, I would rather. I made you a good gamer, bro. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast. We're so excited to be back. First, Oliver was moving. Now I'm done with moving. And I got a nice little echo going on in here because I haven't filled it up with furniture and all that kind of stuff. So get excited for that to improve over time. But we're so excited for you to be here. Today we've got some future classics. We've got some current classics. We've got some super strong matchups, some interesting matchups i suppose i will say and uh yeah oliver's voice just started uh poking around in my ear because i forgot to mute that track while i was recording so i will let you all get back to it so sit back relax enjoy some coffee and hope you enjoy today's podcast hello and welcome to the more video game discord go got podcast okay <laughs> we don't got discord yet but hey that's cool baby maybe we will don't know why I'm talking like this. Bay true, baby. Um, yeah. Hello. It's been a while yet again. But uh, yeah, that's what happens when both of us end up moving in rapid succession. Yeah, but the moving should be somewhat over. There, there won't be any other distractions ever again from the moving. Even though I'm definitely podcast. moving in like the next three months, so. Yeah, I am not, hopefully, knock on wood, but uh, there will probably be other distractions that occur. But either way, we're here. I think I didn't lose an episode when I moved from Iowa City to Iowa City Place. Just it gave away my location. I'm live there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's true. (laughs) All all the serial killers coming out of the woodwork right now. All the Iowa City listeners. (laughs) zero finally um no one knows where i live though because i just moved that's true to where uh a room we don't know how's the new place maxwell tell 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 the listeners yeah so speaking of tech news i mean new place has its share of of quirks um that are getting uh fixed at the moment some of them electrical some of them kind of crazy like there are in my kitchen island cabinet there are live wires just dangling for me to grab and get shocked um that, that is what they are there for they're yeah, like it, maxwell is gonna move in it's like playing operation but inside the kitchen cabinet and the funny thing is is when we first moved in we put our like metal kitchen aid stand mixer like bowl in there so literally this gigantic metal object like pushed up against the wire um it, it happens to have a wire nut on top of it so i think there probably wouldn't be any actual contact, but it, the wire is definitely has 120 volteronis <laughs> flying through it. So that's bad. <laughs> yeah, not not good, not good. There's some other electrical issues, but the the fir- the thing I wanted to talk about is the internet. So I live in Northern Virginia. I will give you that oh much information. Oh my god, Jesus! <laughs> um, so we have Verizon uh, fiber optic out here, uh, which is what I get. I pay for the gigabit internet. It's fantastic. I love it. I um, hate you so much for that. <laughs> but the problem is, so coming to this this new townhome we're renting, um, it's was built in 1996 and. Whoever lived in here previously didn't didn't pay for gigabit. In order to get giganet speeds from the fiber network, you need an Ethernet cable, like a cat 
five. Well, actually, I think you need cat six. I don't know what the actual cat is, but the RJ45, whatever, Ethernet jack, and the house did not have any. There we go for all those tech. I I don't even know what that means, but I'm assuming you do. So. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> Do me. Um, so, so you need that hookup, and and it didn't have it. And so I, I, but I didn't know that. And I set up with Verizon. They're like, "Oh, do you want to self-install?" And I was like, "Hell yeah! It's just plug in a cord." And so I got here. The equipment came, and I was like, "Uh, nowhere to plug in. Oh crap! Um, I think I need help." And so I called them, and then uh, this was the one annoyance: is in order to get the technician install to come out they had to cancel my self-install order and put in a new order and the router they had sent me is tied to the order so i have to send the self-install router back to verizon and then they come out with a different router it's very bizarre um that's like the only weird thing i've had dealing with verizon otherwise they've been great and i mean going through the process of getting it changed was relatively easy it's just a weird quirk that they had to entirely cancel the order um but anyway long story short the 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 guy came at 10 in the morning thought it was going to be an hour install six hours later he leaves (laughs) because the the optical network terminal is what takes the the main signal from the Verizon line and converts it into something that can go to the Ethernet for our devices. So there's actually you don't need a modem with Verizon FiOS. You just plug directly into the wall. You just plug a router in, um, which is kind of nice. Um, but that that whole thing had to be replaced, and then there was no power to it. So he had to drill a hole through the house to plug into an outlet that was inside the house. Um, the entire then, house. Just a just a hole going straight through the entire house. <laughs> yeah, just big bazooka. Just good you get some airflow going in there. Cool off the ONT, baby. Um, but no, he had, he had to drill a hole to get the power um, for the optical network terminal, and then to get the Ethernet cable. Rather than have him try and route wire all the way through the house, so the I, my office is at the front of the house. All the electrical stuff is at the back of the house. So rather than have them try and wire everything through, there was already a coax cable on the exterior wall um, that he could follow and just changed it to an Ethernet cord, essentially. Long story short, I got the internet. It's working, but I'm not hardwired. So before I had hardwired connections for like my PS5, the PC, uh, my work laptop, all that kind of stuff. And it was it was really nice because it's in connection but I would have to run a cable from all the way back there. Plus I got the Google home or the Google nest Wi-Fi, which is a mesh system. Um, and it doesn't have any ethernet, uh, like jacks from it. The router has one that you can send out, I think to a switch. Um, but the, the little points that you put throughout your house don't have any ethernet jacks. Um, Oh really? I thought that, uh, Excuse me. The ones, the ones that my dad has are like maybe like yay big, and they have uh like a APAC RJ45 jack like hidden on the back that you can plug into if you want to direct connect from one of the mesh points. It's it's possible that so this is the Google Nest Wi-Fi after Google bought Nest and they integrated, so it's like the latest generation of it, and okay. the previous gens of the Google Mesh Wi-Fi might have had that. Um, I don't know why they went away with it other than I'm, I'm assuming cost savings um, and probably determined that most people don't need that functionality. So um, 
that that's what it ended up being. But yeah, th- these definitely don't. Um, they're nice. It, it's really cool. Um, it, I have a really strong connection because I have a a point router in here, um, and it's also has Google Assistant built into it. Um, so it's like a little home thing for Google, for whatever give that me more means speed. <laughs> exactly. Um, but my expensive motherboard <laughs> that's in my computer is finally getting full usage because it has Wi-Fi built into it. Um, so I have the Wi-Fi antenna on top of it, and it's basically next to the Google Point router. And so my speed, I thought not having a hardwired connection would be bad, but I'm actually getting uh, on Wi-Fi like 300 meg um, nice. with, with other stuff streaming. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. And latency, like six milliseconds, something like that. So Horrible. It's just the worst. Um, so, so honestly, not too terrible. But yeah, the, the Ethernet thing... The guy, the poor Verizon guy, came out thinking it was going to be simple and had to completely change everything. Um, and my electrical issues—it's been—it's been a wild ride. But we got internet, internet fast. We here, we streaming, we're set up. My office—I have some color bulbs coming, so I got some new lamps um, that you can see. And uh, I—I'm eventually going to have like the RGB like <laughs> light bulbs. Um, to try and color up my my content a little bit but nice also that gold playstation mug which i have not seen before i'm pretty sure that's pretty baller yeah you can't it's cut off on the stream grab oh so i get the full oh i get the full maxwell experience you get the full but yes here is the with a playstation dualshock oh my gosh i didn't notice that that is so (laughs) that is so mimi holy cow that's amazing as the handle so yeah, pretty pretty stoked about this one. This was a gift from my dad for Christmas, I believe. Luxurious. Yeah, super luxurious. It's it's also like it it feels dainty enough that I don't want to actually use it because I'm afraid I'm gonna break it. Um so just keep that in mind. Review of that mug. It looks awesome i'm super glad to have it in there but like it, it might break so just if, if you're looking for like a daily driver mug not not the mug don't, for you. yeah don't use the gold don't use the gold for the yeah. daily driver it, it's like a like a one-of-a-kind car you know you you keep it in the showroom you never use it, it, it like just, the datsun exactly Rest hey the datsun is getting the love and care it needs it uh it's it's in a it's in a great home that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh my god. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I've also had terrible terrible internet issues even still. So Tell me. But that's, tell all me. Dime, that's all I have to Dime, say. Dime Dime Um it actually haven't been that bad, but uh essentially our apartment from the like shitty modem switch wireless access point router combo thing that I have courtesy of you um (laughs) the location that i was in like by the time that the signal got to the bedrooms i was getting like less than a third of a meg down on wi-fi so yeah the attenuation was horrible um so we've been trying to have a i have like the router that the other router that you, you gave me um and i put that in between all of our bedrooms to get us a better signal but if you have two dhcp servers essentially the both routers can act as a dhcp server uh and they were both on different subnets as well and it has been an absolute 
confunkling pain because everyone says I should set it up totally differently. Like every like people are like, oh, you need to plug in, you know, the upstream signal to the WAM port, or you need to plug it into one of the switch ports on the back of it. Yada yada yada. So like every week I've spent like two hours or three hours like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on because no one else wants to work on the internet in my house other than me. After you after you work in IT for like a day, people are like, You're the you're the network guy now and this is gonna be your problem. So either way, I finally finally figured it out. I've essentially just shut off everything on the modem <laughs> other than the one switch port going to that fucking router and now that router just acts as the dhcp server it's got the subnet and we only connect to that and then that's like the end of the fucking story but yeah man it's been so confusing like there's so many network guys on the, the fucking internet that like give solutions and then i do them and then they don't work so i was just like i'm just gonna go with what i think would work it is working now it's probably gonna break at some point but it literally it literally was working for like two or three weeks and then the power brick all of our power connections like the outlets are like super loose so the thing was like the power brick was about to pop out so i was pushing it into the wall and then it ended up popping back out all the way and when it power cycled down i we just lost wi-fi entirely so like one power cycle and the thing was just like nah you good um wow so so yeah i had an emergency fix session last thursday or something like that to fucking get it back together but yeah dude you think a network's working and then turns out one power cycle can ruin everything if you didn't set it up correctly so (laughs) that's and that's what i the nice thing with verizon like the the service that it the optical network terminal is the modem essentially so they like that's right yeah do all of their assignments to that and then you can just plug whatever you want into and it just um it's basically plug and play just works um but yeah, but having to de- throwing the modem into the mix when you have to mess with that is just <laughs> that's a nightmare. Especially because then they like it actually mat like doesn't your MAC address and stuff like don't they take that into consideration when they're like configuring your internet too? Like you can't just switch modems willy nilly. They, I I don't know. It's it's hard to know for sure because like when I've set up on MediaCom and CenturyLink, I've always been able to just plug it in and like that's it you know like i'll just like the signal will be going my modem will be fine but when i was on cox communications i always had to call them so they could read the mac address of the device while they're setting it up so i don't know it's uh, different isps seem to handle it differently because it i mean maybe they do get the mac address but it seems like i could just for mediacom and CenturyLink, i could just plug whatever in I think I could switch it and it would be fine. But I, I guess I, I don't know one hundo on that. But I know yeah. on Cox for sure I had to like call them and be like, it's plugged in. And they'd be like, okay, I can see the device. We're going to record the MAC address. So I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Doesn't really matter. It's horrible. I don't have GigNet, so. Internet. What a wild world. <sighs> what, a, what a wild world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I finally... It got got a little bit of a break from moving and played a little bit more God of War last night. Ooh, okay. Um, I, I I played through uh the the Alpha Valkyries. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I already beat the game. I finished post game content. No, just just Alfheim initially when you're trying to spoiler territory. Not really, but like when you're trying to get rid of the Black Breath, um, you have to go get the light from Alfheim and fight all those like little bug elves and stuff. And I have to oh, say. Yeah. 
the scene when you're inside the hive and you're you're going up and you're just fighting like those hundreds of the god i felt like such a badass man that, that seems pretty dope that got me it's a good game it's great it, it is a good game I, I would say yeah it it's a great game <laughs> how many uh realm tears did you do do you know I did most of them. I think I actually did almost all of them other than the realm tears in uh, Niflheim. Is that the okay. end game one? Yeah. There's three realm tears in Niflheim that you have to have like uh, 10,000, 15,000, and then 20,000 of the Niflheim's essence, whatever it is. So it would take a long time to grind it up. I mean, it wouldn't be really that bad, but like, I think you only get like <laughs> two. <laughs> I, I think if you did like a full loop of Niflheim, if you have your maxed out armor and stuff, you can normally do a full loop of Niflheim and that would give you, I think, like two to three thousand essence. So, I mean, it would still be a lot of runs of Niflheim just to wow. yeah. get through it. Yeah, it's definitely very grindy. So I only did Niflheim up until I got my Chaos Axe upgraded all the way because I think you can get the last upgrade there. And then Musefelheim's where you get your Blades of Chaos upgraded the last, I think. Not sure okay. on that. It's been a little bit since I played it, but... um. Yeah, I tried doing all the realm tears, and I would try doing them when I was like supremely under leveled. That would be like level, like supposed to be fighting level four guys, and I'd be fighting like the level six big fat boys and stuff like that. Where like if I get hit <laughs> once, then I'm like sprinting with only like one HP, if not just an instant one shot. So, but it's kind of fun to fight them a little under leveled too, because like yeah, once make- you're at the level, it's a little easy. You know, I think that being a little under leveled makes it fun. Chocho is literally trying to drink out of my water bottle right now. Cho, you have your own water. Yeah, having the fear of death and like knowing that like one hit could kill you definitely makes it exciting and focus on like dodging and parrying when you can. For sure. Are you doing the realm? T- are you trying to do all of them right now? Or no, for sure not. But like as I see them, I'm trying them just until I get to a point where. I get one that's too high. I so there were two that I found in Alfheim. Um, I did both of them, and not 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 too bad. They were like level four um, creatures inside of them, and I'm I think level two right now. So it was definitely like they were a little tanky, and they they were definitely bruisers. But it was only like two of them at a time, so it was their move set wasn't that crazy. There was the one by the chisel that I thought was level five droggers um you know what i'm talking about there's the chisel spot and yeah Alfheim. yeah maybe because i, I did you, that one but maybe maybe it's just dependent on your level i don't is that possible so, but I don't or know. maybe it was level five i guess it could have been i don't really remember um yeah it was definitely two high level droggers i don't remember what they what well, what the actual level was but yeah, it was fun. I'm definitely like I'm I, as I'm unlocking the new the different move sets. I'm trying to make a conscious effort to try and use the full arsenal. Um, and it's actually it's pretty exciting. Um, like trying, I'm do, I'm doing a bunch of stuff I hadn't done before. Um, because it's pretty easy, like you said, to just get into like the either just constantly throwing the axe or just doing your basic R one R twos to to get through combat. But um, yeah. So I think it's a fair criticism that it doesn't like kind of force you into that. Um, so you don't really get that. But when you when you do try and like consciously think about it, the combat gets pretty exciting. Yeah, it's definitely it can be very diverse if you want it to be. But you have to, yeah, for sure, consciously make the decision to do it. 
in other news i'll share my not really tech news but i did start speedrunning hollow knight as maxwell saw um very exciting i finally actually started speedrunning which i've been saying i'm gonna do for like 18 years now not literally i didn't even watch speedrunning stuff until like four years ago um first time on hollow knight it was three hours and 26 minutes, and now I am down to, well, I don't know if it for sure was three hours. That was my end game time, which is, I think, normally a little bit slower. But I was trying to record my first run, and then my game just absolutely crashed the last boss. Uh, my entire PC actually crashed, so I don't know what happened. It, like, my game froze, and then... <clears throat> Everything just hit the fan. Like I like barely could alt tab out of the game, and then I couldn't click anything on my computer. And then I was like, I have no choice but to power cycle. I can't do anything. I can't even get Task Manager open right now. So like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and so I I was actually running it again. Well, the next time I ran it, I managed to drop an hour off, so I got like two hours and some twenty six minutes or something like that. Pretty good. Happy you do that. that every time <laughs> pretty soon <laughs> crazy improvements um and uh so then it was like my third or fourth run again at hollow knight and my shit crashed yet again trying to record and i was like what what the heck's going on so i have switched from Streamlabs obs to obs and i think that <laughs> I think that might have fixed the issue, but uh, <laughs> Maxwell's finally won the fucking the OBS debate of the century. So we'll see. I haven't actually fully recorded a run. Uh, I seem to run a little bit better when I know I'm not recording because I guess it stresses me out less. I get less <laughs> anxiety. Um, but my last run, hour and three minutes. So about to break the one hour mark feels pretty good. Um World records thirty two fifty five for anyone who's wondering. So I'm very very slow still, incredibly slow. But uh, just do everything you're doing, but twice as fast. Exactly, it's that easy. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely fun running, and yeah, definitely gonna stick with it for a while. I am trying to figure out what game I'm gonna run next because the game's definitely pretty optimized already at this point. I was just kind of using it because. Hey, I was interested in running it, but there's also like a really good in-depth guide from the uh, speedrunner Fireborn. He's the previous world record holder before the 33-minute mark got broken. He was like 33.07, held that for six or seven months before Pest ended up taking it from him for your guys' Hollow Knight speedrunning education session right now. Um, how did you like get in, or how long do you think it took you to kind of figure out the pathing to completed not very long on speedrun.com which is where most people submit their times they have like guides written up for what you should do so i pretty okay. much just watched the i watched the world record because i'm essentially just following those strats and then they have like a map drawn up of like uh all of your resets and stuff like that so even after the first run i had a pretty solid idea of like where i need the reset because i mean it's supposed to be only a 33 minute run right so <laughs> It's not that long. Um, <laughs> it's only long if you die like a trillion times to the Watcher Knights or the Hollow Knight. So, which I definitely might have done the first time. Pretty sure both those fights took me like thirty or forty-five minutes. I died so many times; it was painful. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty hype. The the glit, like the skips are pretty fun. 
it's it's any percent no major glitches is what i'm running and the skips are pretty fun they're pretty challenging you got to use well i don't think you got to the crystal dash but the crystal dash allows you to like charge up and you just launch forward in a straight line so there's a couple places where you have to like jump on like the smallest wall above a pool of acid and then crystal dash under like an object or something like that and if you fuck it up at all you just like fall in the pool of acid and lose an hp you don't get any extra hp in the run so you only have five attempts otherwise you die <laughs> um unless you have some focus to heal up but it's normally not that easy to farm up focus and farming up focus loses you a lot of time so definitely a little frustrating but and, and is this like a full new game speed run like yeah. you, you're starting from scratch no previous abilities or anything i start from scratch the the good the good runners only pick up the shaman stone so i'm assuming you got vengeful spirit which is where you shoot out the fireball yeah i think you got far enough to get that so you pick up vengeful spirit uh and then later you'll pick up the shaman stone which will make your damage go from 15 to 22 per fireball and so they normally rely on that for a lot of their stuff a lot of the bosses that you fight you can end up double hitting them with a vengeful spirit because either they'll get displaced by the vengeful spirit and they'll end up procking twice or for the watcher knights they're like little roly-poly guys they'll roll in a straight line and if you vengeful spirit you can actually hit them three times doing 66 damage on them okay. um so a lot of it is just trying to like get double procs and stuff like that on them to kill them as fast as possible i do do the nail upgrade in it which is technically not in the run but it helps out a little bit it increases your nail damage from five to nine um and since i'm bad and use the nail a lot more than i should uh i end up throwing a couple of minutes over to getting the nail upgrade but i figure it's worth it for having just started the run but at some point i'll, I'll definitely want to stop doing that so i can get the just start relying on vengeful spirit a lot more i mean essentially you just use your nail to get focus and then you just fireball the living crap out of the things you're trying to kill so but yeah it's pretty fun i'm enjoying it so far i got the recommendation um to speed run a random game every week do a doodle poll and then try to speed run a game i'd have to find like short games to run because, <laughs> last of us part two. <laughs> oh my god yeah i'd have to find short games to run because it wasn't a crazy amount of research but essentially i have to like watch the world record run probably to get an idea of what the strats are and then uh i would have to hope that there's documentation that's as good as like the hollow knight stuff is because it sounds like hollow knight's kind of middle of the run popularity it's got like 357, 356 entries on speedrun.com right now for okay. the any percent no major glitches in comparison to like the thousands for like, at least I'm pretty sure thousands for like Super Mario Sunshine and 64 and other more popular titles like that. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Finally held held through on my, my, my promise. So hopefully I'll break the one hour mark soon, but I need to get some mods installed so that I can do save states and actually grind out some bosses and like get a little bit more efficient with them yeah practicing without save states would sounds terrible i mean yeah it it is but uh also when i'm just learning the run i'm like i you know i need practice at everything so me running through the whole run isn't the worst in the world because i That's literally true. just need to learn everything right now so all right so yeah pretty hype on that do you have any tech news other than no, my, I, we've been so busy with the move. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, so oh, uh, Bethesda, the acquisition by Microsoft was officially approved by the U.S. Uh, SEC, I think, right? 
Is it the SEC? No. Whoever does the approvals in the US for like monopolization stuff, maybe it's the SEC, I'm not sure. But and then the EU also approved the acquisition. So Bethesda is now officially acquired um, by Microsoft and they made a huge they, they, Xbox has like changed their logo on all their social media to like the Fallout guy, um, the little, I don't, I don't know what you call him. Pit Boy. Pit Boy, yeah. Pit Boy is the shit that's thing. on your arm. Yeah. yeah. But the guy, the little guy that's in all the, you know, you know the guy. <laughs> you know the guy. Fallout guy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that, that's pretty big news. Fault boy. Um, Fault boy. There we go. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like Xbox is planning to make most of Bethesda's games Microsoft exclusive, which would be PC and Xbox. So to be expected, pretty big. I mean, yeah, I'd be like, what's the point of the acquisition? Well, I mean, I guess money like Sony is now also. Oh, I guess I do have some tech news. Um, so Sony Days Gone is coming to PC um, and Sony has a full slate of PlayStation exclusives that they're planning to release on PC. Um, so it kind of seems like their their motto is probably going to be two to three years after release, maybe um, releasing it to PC to get those sweet, sweet Dolores. Because um Are they gonna do God of War? Um I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't remember if they specifically said anything about God of War or not, but that seems like I mean Horizon Zero Dawn is on there, Death Stranding, um, Days Gone Coming, like God of War kinda seems like a no brainer at this point. Uh but it, it's just a matter of I mean Santa Monica Studios is balls deep in the next uh God of War um and probably some other un- unannounced title or, or something like that. So I don't know how much development resources they have to do a port or if Sony would hire someone else to do a port or what that is or how intense a port would even be. I, I don't yeah. know what all goes into that. But I mean, you have people like Death Stranding where the port was flawless, essentially, and then Horizon Zero Dawn that had some troubles and is now finally starting to hit its stride. Um, But... Well, well the walking simulator shouldn't be that hard to port, so <laughs> that's true. I mean, they already had Quop. You just put that in exactly. Into the, it, it, yeah, if they mix the games together, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it is. I mean, I I know you haven't really played much of it, but it's kind of like when you're balancing, you're using I think the these some of these buttons back here to like try and balance. Um, Norman Reedus so it's kind of like co-op where you have to like focus on on that so do you have to balance all the time uh when you're carrying heavy stuff but then you get upgrades that improve it so it's only essentially when you're like overladen it really becomes a burden um but you get like exoskeleton upgrades I think um which help improve and obviously you can also adjust it's physics based so you can adjust how your stuff is set up so if you keep your heavier stuff on the bottom and put lighter at the top and like balance it left to right it makes it easier too it's sure it's a really bizarre game um that i didn't get super far into and my camera is out of focus look at that hey there we go but yeah so that's exciting so yeah sony coming to pc uh bethesda Acquired by Microsoft, coming to PC. Forza Horizon 4, now available on Steam. Um, so if you didn't want to do Microsoft stuff for whatever reason, wanted to to hop on that Steam train, 
it's on there. It sounds like I've seen mods already um, that people are doing. They're messing with like the shaders and stuff. It looks pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it actually is kind of an exciting time. And then uh, supposedly there is a new Nintendo Switch in the works. I mean, it's that that rumor has been going on since the original Switch was released, but there's some more credibility and it sounds like this one will have an OLED screen and when docked will output to a, like a a 4k output. Um, I don't think like a native resolution, but some kind of upscaling type thing, Um, which sounds pretty crazy. So we'll see if that's actually the case. Yeah. Um, But there was some supposedly more credible rumors of something like that happening. I don't know what that could be but the console realm exciting heating up uh horizon forbidden west coming out later this year that's Spicy. still confirmed god of war when it's ready according to cory barlog the game's director um so who knows it was originally for 2021 they haven't delayed it but they also have not said when it's coming so we shall see but looking around my room for any tech That's all I got. I think it's game time. Let's do it. All right. Oh, I got to adjust for this. Get a little stretch, uh, a little parched. Perfect. All right. So this is your warning, our lovely, lovely Canadian viewers. Spoilers ahead. Um, There's no way to talk about The Last of Us Part 2 and... Well, okay, you can talk about it, but I'm going to spoil things. So there you have it. Um, look away if, if you don't know what happens in the game. Um, so Last of Us Part 2. We do have an entire episode on it that we dedicated um, after both Oliver and I had played through it um, pretty close to release. So if you want to go hear more about our initial thoughts on it after having played it, go check out that podcast episode. But I have Last of Us Part 2 versus bioshock uh we've talked a lot about bioshock on this whether we're talking about some of the the plot points that other games have taken from bioshock um or even just talking about it in the bracket um my cat is oh and she's gone okay so we've talked a lot about both of these games and in in the last episode when oliver ruthlessly destroyed bioshock um did by, not destroy cho- by choosing the vastly inferior Metroid Prime. Um, j- just kidding. I just I can still a- change it too. You know that I can still <laughs> yeah, change it. We can do whatever we want. I love it. Um, but yeah, no. But I I I liked Bioshock a lot. It it had an incredible twist. Um, at the end that now it, it kind of see it's interesting because those kind of twists. Now, anytime I see a twist like that at the game, you almost kind of come to expect something like that. But for some reason, when I was playing through Bioshock, and I feel like when a lot of people were playing through it, it was kind of a novel thing. Um, I have absolutely no data to back that up. <laughs> but for some reason, the way Bioshock did it felt pretty natural um, and original. So the, the twist was pretty cool. The environment we've talked a lot about, just incredible. Um, the... The music, the atmosphere, I mean, you're underwater in this place called Rapture. You got these creepy splicers running around. It's got this really almost like horror aspect to it, but it's like a beautiful horror. And you got the big daddies. I just saw um, the subreddit 
game physics, I think, or game de- gaming details, they someone just noticed that if a big daddy is not accompanied by a little sister, the big daddy won't aggro you. Um, so it'll essentially just like if you're standing in its way, it'll just knock you out of its way and just keep walking. Um, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. I don't I don't remember running into anything like that, but I think that's because most of the time I saw Big Daddy, I ran away. Um, so I probably didn't get, get an opportunity to get that close and figure that out. Um, but yeah, and I think it, it holds up. Now, granted, when I played through Bioshock, I played through the remastering of it. So it had some updated visuals. I don't know what else they, they had updated. Um, but it wasn't a full remake like the Spyro Reignited trilogy. It was kind of like a reskin, like higher textures, better lighting effects kind of stuff. Pretty much the same. So keep that in mind. But I thought it held up really well um, for being as old as it is. I should probably do a quick check on that. Bioshock. And it was developed by 2K Boston and Australia, published by 2K Games. Back in 2007. Holy crap, that's old. I know. I think for the time, it is fair to say that. I mean, that was one of like the. Yeah, for for the time, I just don't think that story driven games were as popular. Um, like heavily story driven games. I mean, I guess there was still like the Uncharted series was at that time, you know, but like. I mean, that's right when it started, though. That was like the first game, yeah. Yeah, from what I remember playing, I mean, like, I feel like Bioshock was, like, just peak in the fucking just, like, graphical rush era, right? Like, you just release a Call of Duty that looks crazily better than the last Call of Duty, and that's, like, the type of games that were coming out. So, yeah, I mean, the twist at the time and, like, actually having a an interesting environment, something that you hadn't seen before with a good story on top of it, um, that was not the precedent for the time especially like games get the expectations for games have definitely risen a lot over the last however many years you want to say because i think any period would pretty much be true um so yeah no yeah. i think that's i think that's fair on the story i i, I agree with your point maxwell yeah and it lends no so, data <laughs> so dead space 2008 um had a twist that i called similar to bioshock um at the end of it and so, I, I mean, within a year of each other, it's unlikely that they pulled the story from that and like, oh, ha, we got to put this twist in there. But very interesting. The two games that came out around the same time used a very similar twist device um, in them. Bioshocks landed way better, had a lot more impact on me as the player because the, the twist that happens involves characters you deal with much more regularly and have an actual impact on what you're doing as the player. Bioshocks did a similar twist, but it it, it was kind of like a okay, like, a, like I, don't, I don't really care. Or did you I mean say Dead Space? Dead Space, yeah. Sorry, De- Dead Spaces was kind of like I mean like oh okay, but I I called it from a mile away, um, and then I was also like okay, but like I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Like uh, I'm I'm glad you betrayed me, but uh, good luck. So, so I, uh, Bio- Bioshock, very good. Um, I'm trying to think of any major criticisms I had with the game. And considering Bioshock came out in 2007, and I've been playing Dead Space and Alan Wake, Bioshock is by far the better game. Like, I, I, it's hard to put a finger on exactly what they do. But, like, with the twist and everything, it just, the, the story beats, I think, land a little bit better. They have a little bit more significance. Like, you can do a twist, but if it doesn't actually affect the story directly or you or the gameplay it's kind of like okay like 
cool. What what was the point of that? So yeah, Bioshock great. That, that's all I got to say. Bioshock two and Infinite also great. Um, but uh, and I I think I originally had Infinite on the list, um, but I switched it to Bioshock one because I definitely. In in retrospect, have a stronger connection with Bioshock One and think it did some pretty cool stuff. So that's Bioshock. Last of Us Part Two. This game, the 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 reason I think so fondly of it. I mean, there's there's a bunch of like side things, like the graphics are just. I mean, Naughty Dog is at the top of the game. Naughty Dog and Rockstar both. It's kind of like the the attention to detail. And the, the graphical fidelity that they're able to push out of machines is just absolutely bonkers. Um, and so, so that's certainly part of it. Um, the acting and like the motion capture, definitely really good. Um, but the, the story for this one is definitely the most impactful for me. Um, and mainly, so here's the big spoiler. So Abby... You meet at the beginning of the game. She quickly kills Joel and then is your mission as Ellie to go and kill Abby and kill everyone who is a friend of Abby's. And then right as you're about to have that final meeting between Ellie and Abby, and you're like, ah, here we go. We about to fuck some shit up. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Let's rewind back to where we started the story as Ellie. But now you're Abby. And you play through the entire game you just played through from Abby's perspective. And that just, that was wild. I, that, that to me, I'm sure there's maybe a game out there that's done something similar, but I think it's the first time a large AAA title did something and, and they've devoted an entire, they, they had an entire game's length with Ellie's story and they're like, oh yeah, we're just going to double that and have you play as the villain. Like, that's nuts. And it, it was a gamble that was incredibly divisive. Like, I mean, people, you either loved it or you hated it. There, yeah. was, there was no in-between. Um, which some people might argue makes good art. Like, good, good art should make you have discussions and, it, like, argue and it evoke emotions and dissension. Like, that should be a good thing to do. So I suppose they kind of delivered on that goal. Um, but that was just, that was incredible. Like, and, and by the time you're at the end of the game, you're Abby and you're like choking the life out of Ellie and the game is making you, you can't progress. Like you can't not try and kill Ellie um, at the end of the game is one of the most like conflicting things I've ever done as a gamer. Um, and to, to have a game just kind of pull that, that crap out of me was just, it made me feel some shit. And uh, Hell yeah, bro. That, that was wild. So I mean, you can you can call it great from the the gameplay, which I really like. They definitely improved the AI, um, and it that that you're fighting with kind of the more open combat arenas. Um, uh, I didn't experience it. I think kind of similar to God of War. Like you can go through and do some very simple stuff to get through the game, um, but then you watch some people play it and they they upload gameplay shares, and they just do some wild stuff. Like I keep. You can, if you, I don't remember what I saw, but you like shoot somebody and as they're falling, their gun flies in the air and Ellie can catch the gun um, as she's running past. Um, Like just just wild stuff like that. Someone, someone devoted their entire development or not their entire development, but in their free time, they developed an entire blood 
pooling and like drainage mechanic in the game so if you shoot someone the blood naturally flows out of them like it would and follows gravity and goes into the cracks and tile um and like ellie's bandages when you like heal yourself her wounds will bleed through the bandages and like it's just it's just crazy stuff so like as as a technical achievement the last of us part two is absolutely incredible but for me the story, what they did with Abby's story, I think is why I re- regard it so highly. Um, I, the game is long. I think that's a, a fair criticism. I think I think it had to be. Um, I don't know how you would do justice to both Ellie and Abby's story without it being that long. But I but I think it definitely turned a lot of people off, and it definitely kind of it <laughs> you, you you like work up to the climax, and then they're like. They like pull pull it out from underneath yeah. you, and you're like, "Oh, you're gonna have to wait another fifteen to twenty hours to get back to that point," um, and it be, can be kind of frustrating. So I understand that. I think that's fair. Um, which is why something like Ori and the Will of the Wisps was it was just such the the perfect rise and climb and fall of like climax and gameplay, where it was just like the absolute most fun and enjoyable and rewarding all the way through. Um, but it's not as technically impressive as The Last of Us Part Two. It didn't do anything as bold in the story as The Last of Us Part Two. Um, but it was, I think, that Will and the Wisp is the most fun I've had in a video game in a long time, if not ever. So it's just interesting how different things can evoke different things. And yeah, that's, I guess that, that's kind of my long winded explanation of The Last of Us Part Two. <sighs> so now to choose a winner. Who, I, okay. I don't know if I know, man. I thought this was going to be easy. Easy clap. Dude, you were on the hype train for Last of Us, and I told you, you got to let it ruminate a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I still feel, I think, as strongly as I did then, but... But now, now I'm like I'm kind of at this point where I'm starting to wonder what is what what do I consider the greatest game of all time? Like what what does it need? What boxes does it need to check for it to be my number one? Because The Last of Us Part Two, like I still the story and graphically alone was just like wow, I that that's like top tier. But like as a whole package, like the length of the game, some some of the gameplay mechanics, all that kind of stuff. Does, is that enough to, to carry it to greatest game of all time status? I don't know. <sighs> Maturity sucks, bro. <laughs> Could be easy clap, naughty dog, PlayStation for the win, but. Oh, fuck me. This is tough. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to it. I'm going to let you talk about your games. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to pick, so. If that makes you feel any better. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit, I think. Uh, oh! I have the greatest game of all time. I mean, literally, time. right? <laughs> I think so, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> versus Rainbow Six Siege. It's going to be a close competition, <laughs> let me tell you that much. Already talked about Rainbow Six a little bit. Um, developed by Boobisoft Montreal. Released on December 1st, 2015. 
tactical shooter, 79 out of the 100 on Metacritic. Kind of low. Kind of low. Hey, C's get degrees, baby. That's that's true. <laughs> um, it is like a uh, it's a it's a it's essentially well. There's other shit you can do, but it's a bomb defusal. That's that's really it's it's bomb defusal. So you're a, a team of five people, and you get to choose your operator. So it's kind of like a league in that sense, where you get to choose your champion, and all of them have their own unique skills and uh, skill sets. Some of them are heavy tanky boys. Some of them are fast little ninjali bimbly boys or girls um and then there's stuff in the middle so you go through essentially two phases where uh one of them you're trying to make bomb go boom boom and then the other one you're trying to stop them from making bomb go boom boom so it's attack and defense um and yeah that's i mean the game is pretty much entirely revolved around that it's a strictly gameplay game there's zero story it's nothing like that there's competitive play on it that is it's pretty popular i've definitely watched some competitive play uh not as big as like dota or league or overwatch though it's kind of sounds like overwatch is losing popularity not entirely sure on that until overwatch 2 comes out that's true um but my understanding the big four is still league dota 2 csgo and overwatch until i hear otherwise but it's definitely still a very popular like competitive game uh big esports orgs will definitely have a rainbow six uh team that'll be playing for them so really fun definitely uh pretty much exclusively just played with friends but it's a really good way to just like kind of chill chill with the homies shoot some guys uh definitely if you kill all five people on the other team you automatically win the round and that's definitely how the game's mostly played out like the amount of times that you're actually like um diffusing the bomb or I'm kind of forgetting if the attackers are trying to defuse the bomb or make it go boom boom actually <laughs> it's been a little bit since I played I feel like uh, yeah i don't know I'll, it doesn't it doesn't matter the point is is it's a shooty shoot the thing that confused me is i'm pretty sure actually you put in a diffuser if you're on the attacking team but why are five dudes sitting in the building with a bomb that's about to blow up <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make sure it's gonna blow we can't confirm unless we hear <laughs> Which makes no sense to me. Um, but yeah, that's why I remember even being confused about that while I was playing. But that just just shows how like little importance the actual like objective is, right? Like you're just it's 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 a shoot and there's a bomb and you have the objectives that go along with it. It's it's definitely a fun game to play if you have uh, if you have multiple people to play with. It in- introduced the mechanic that I hadn't seen in a game before, where you actually get like tilts left or right, so you can like peek just barely over walls and stuff like that, which is very important to the game because you want to obviously expose the least amount of your body. As possible when you're playing um so i i really like that mechanic in the game it definitely added a lot of depth to the shooting and yeah they they have like full like charts too of like the recoil patterns on guns i mean that goes pretty in depth it's a i think well thought out i think the 79 might be a little disingenuous but i guess with the story or no story maybe that's maybe that's what's needed to be in the the 80s for a game they were just like it's good but it doesn't have a story so 79 (laughs) um other game might have heard of it legend of zelda ocarina of time as i've heard it pronounced (laughs) what is it actually I say ocarina, but I don't know. I haven't done research. I just I I normally say I normally hear people say ocarina as well. When I hear ocarina, I just think it sounds a little goofy. But hey, ocarina. <laughs> um, 
developed by Nintendo EAD, released November 21st, 1998. Action-adventure game receiving a 99 out of 100 on Metacritic. Near perfection for the time. I, I want to know what the, the complaint is. Like, who, who didn't give it 100? So, essentially, you start as... There's two, oh, two stages in the game. You're either Child Link or Adult Link. And in the very beginning of the game, starting uh, Kokiri Forest, and you go to the Deku tree who's about to die, and he tells you of this wicked man of the desert. And he's like, this guy's bad. And you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> after uh, essentially freeing the Deku tree from its curse, which causes it to die, right before it dies, it gives you the spiritual stone of the forest. I end up going to Hyrule Castle and meeting Shoddy Bay. Zelda herself, um, as little baby Zelda, and uh, she's like, "Hey, there's this guy Ganondorf, the Gerudo King, who's seeking the Triforce for ultimate power, and that's bad because he's a bad guy." <laughs> so you have to pick up the other two spiritual stones. Once you get to three spiritual stones, then you can go into the Temple of Time and get the Triforce. So as you're getting the Triforce, you get you get all three spiritual stones. Playing your little ocarina, ocarina, you're um, <laughs> about to get the Triforce, and you end up finding the Master Sword, which you grab, pretty baller, but uh, Ganondorf kind of sneaks in and takes the Triforce from you, so you, when you get the Master Sword, you end up moving to the adult stage of the game, and so it transports you, like, I think, like, 10-ish years in the future, 13, maybe, um... Adult Link is still really young. He's definitely a teen, to my understanding. Like the expectation was that he was way older, but like no, when I when I heard the age, or at least hypotheses on the age, it's definitely like yeah, he's super young. Um, but so then when you go into the future, I mean, like the city that's right outside of Hyrule Castle, it's like all zombies now and dark and gloomy, and there's this giant like billowing cloud over the castle, like Hyrule Castle, because Ganondorf's taking it over, and it's all bad, bad. So the rest of the game, you just spend trying to essentially collect these seven tokens, and then you fight the big old bad boy. It's a great explanation of the game. <laughs> 99 out of 100. Um, so like, there's the main area in Hyrule, um, and then it essentially just has branches off to like each of the different dungeons. There'll like, sometimes be like a city in front of the dungeon, um, and you'll go into all of those dungeons. So it's kind of linear kind of open i mean i don't know how many different ways you can really traverse through all of the dungeons i feel like you do have a little bit of flexibility but for the most part you kind of normally run through it at the probably the same order pretty similar order because you have to unlock stuff um in order to get through the dungeons like the dungeon in the mountain you're gonna have to have the fire tunic in order to get to it and stuff like that which makes you able to withstand crazy heat because obviously we're in a piece of cloth just man no more heat's bugging me. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, oh, and music composed by none other than Lord and Savior Koji Kondo. So you know it's going to be a banger. <laughs> um, so yeah, that... My love for Ocarina of Time. I have also watched a lot of Ocarina of Time speedrunning. Because the game is just... I still find it really enjoyable. I think it's a really well well made game, but uh, Ocarina of Time and Super Mario sixty four are definitely some of the first games I can remember playing while I was growing up. So it's definitely heavy on the nostalgia factor. I will not lie. Um, the but, only game in your list with nostalgia. 
I said both of them are heavy on the nostalgia factor. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. There's only two games, though, so I do agree with that. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, so like that, those two games and like Star Fox 64 are definitely like some of the earliest games I remember playing. Um, Star Fox 64 do be a banger, and Chocho is going absolutely crazy right now. This tale is two barrels. Um, but yeah, so they're just like for me, they were definitely games that got me into gaming in the first place, and I think honestly, like really good kids games, and also really good. Uh, what the heck are you doing, bro? Thanks, bro. I need to get a butler, man. I know, dude. Marcus is a real MVP, bringing me coffee. I didn't even ask for it. Um, it smells so good. Oh my gosh, I didn't think I was gonna get coffee this morning. This is great. <laughs> I don't even know where this came from. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe that should be concerning. <laughs> but uh, both of them are like they're really good kids games because they're like the N sixty four definitely is like very like you don't really like. I mean, you kill stuff, you know. I don't know. It's like, it's not like current games are like shooting people and blood's going all over the place, right? It's definitely like a kid can't play it, but it's also like also still very good for like us now at our age. Um, so it's like it can really hit a wide gamut of players, and it'll still be enjoyable and I think appropriate also for a wide gamut of players, similar to Minecraft. Um, whose world record apparently just got it, the world record got beaten like twice in the last week? They just broke the fourteen like minute mark. Oh wow. Yeah, to like get to the Ender Dragon and kill the Ender Dragon, that's the speed run essentially. So they just beat the 14 minute mark this week and then it was like less than a day later and then they got to 12:55 or something like that, 12:52, some mid 12s. So so know. with the the Minecraft speed runs, do you know are they do you have to do a random seed generation? Because I know yeah, the, you the can game find mode is random ones. seed. Yeah, okay. the game mode's random speed current patch. And so the one that was broke the 14 minute mark, they did not use the F3 key, which shows you a bunch of information, like how many mobs are in the direction that you're looking and like where your coordinates are and stuff like that. Um, it's like the debug screen, but a lot of speedrunners will use that. So they broke the world record without using the F3 key, which if you look at the speedrun chart, like, I mean, all of the close speedruns are using F3 key. So kind of crazy that they like did it with essentially just RNGesus at their side. <laughs> um. But yeah, either way, Ocarina of Time, Fire Game, it, yeah, I think it still holds up. I played through it not too long ago, and it is still very enjoyable. It's a great action-adventure story, and it's definitely, like, not doing anything crazy story-wise. It's not like a Bioshock or Last of Us Part Two, but for the time, I definitely see why it got the 99 out of 100. It was, I mean, just a full-fledged story, a decently-sized game in terms of gameplay, and then just a like vast variety of environments that definitely like now would be expected kind of in a game. But, uh, you know, at the time, I think it was definitely pretty groundbreaking and early in the 3D generation of games, too. So really just showing off what a three dimensional game can do and the spaces that it can create. So. I'll say Ocarina of Time wins. Oh, spicy take right I there. Know. If it wasn't Rainbow Six, man, Rainbow Six is like not good enough to survive Ocarina of Time. Maybe <laughs> if it was another game, but Rainbow Six is definitely getting the Knicks on that one. So not that Rainbow Six is still a really good game. I actually frequently think I should be playing it more, but got to grind out all the night speed runs at this point. So, you know, that's not happening. <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, Ocarina of Time is really good. I've been meaning to actually do a, a run through again and stream it on my Twitch to see how well I think it holds up. I like I said was originally planning on speedrunning that, but man, the oh the the like glitches and stuff that they do in that speedrun are like daunting to me. It definitely takes a lot of mechans to get that shit down. I mean, there's some mechan shit and for sure in Hollow Knight, but it's a long speedrun that I was gonna do so. So yeah, that's my baseline review. Fun game. Amazing soundtrack as always. The gameplay was really fun. Good diversity and equipment too. Like definitely can't even think of a game that had... Can't even think of a game at the time that I played that had like equipment as an option. And then they just had so many fucking things that you could use. Um, and so many different ways that you can like handle shit. The boss diversity was super cool and they definitely made you use all of the equipment that you got like everything that you got in the game felt very intentional and very like it was yeah just well designed like i never felt like uh like in god of war right like you were saying you can just you can use essentially the axe throw and get through the entire fucking game if you're going to be terribly slow but a monster uh, <laughs> um where yeah all the equipment in ocarina of time was definitely super well deserved and it also does a good job of like you have to figure out where you're going and what you're going to do on your own. But I think the game does a really good job of like guiding you through that and walking you through those steps. So the, uh, I think it's the spirit temple that's right outside of Kakariko village. That, uh, that dungeon is baller. Um, and then the forest temple also the forest temple soundtrack is absolutely insane. And both of those have really good bosses as well. It's super cool. So no high praise from Oliver today. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear hopefully a Super Mario 64 versus Zelda Ocarina of Time. They're on the same side of the bracket, so yeah, it'll come sooner rather than later. One of them is going to have to get next. I don't actually know. I've been thinking a lot about what I'm going to do. I think that uh, I don't. Double <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about. Though I do love Super Mario 64 to death. I don't know. Ocarina of Time might take the cake on it. It's definitely going to be a hard one. And Metroid Prime is also a fucking banger on my list. Like that, the improvements, the sci-fi setting, I super like. Um, and yeah, it's it's another one that does a really good job of like creating the like typical maps now. You know, like the fire and the frost and the desert and stuff like that. But it was again really early in gameplay, so it was definitely like I was super excited to explore those biomes and like see what they had. And I thought that uh Metroid Prime also had really good twist on top of it. And also some unique ones that just like would not have thought of beforehand, but given the sci-fi setting of it allowed them to really explore a lot of good shit. So I don't know I got some yeah, I'm stressing. I don't want to talk about it stressing oh there's that was a little chirpy chirpy got a little mocha on stream for the for the listeners got a little mochi mochi yeah look at yeah look at the the camera mocha she's like fucking wrapping her power please (laughs) why are you doing this i don't want to die but joach is just straight lying down lounging right now Got her little tail flopping because she's always a little angsty. But yeah. Ocarina of Time is a great game. The speedruns are still great to watch. If you're watching the... You should... I watched, I think, the, the 100% category. Uh, Dampe the Gravedigger, man. That's a, that's a game 
ruiner right there because you gotta he will dig in random spots and it's rng on getting a heart and you oh. need to get the heart piece for the hundred percent and i have seen many a run destroyed by it it's like the average time is 13 and i'm pretty sure i was watching a speed run that was in like the 40s or something for oh, a dig no. it was, yeah it was miserable he's just like dude this run's not coming back so good game good speed runs if you want to watch a good speed run ocarina time and super mario 64 very popular speed running categories that are definitely uh pretty well researched and definitely pretty well optimized at this point though they definitely are still making improvements to my understanding um actually i think pretty recently on super mario 64 even so if you like watching speedruns or just want to see the game speedruns are good i like watching the speedruns at least but maybe you should watch a cash playthrough yeah at, at speedruns are just crazy because the absolute skill involved is just like the the hundreds and thousands of hours behind the scenes like getting to the point that they can do that it's incredible yeah i heard some developer reacting to a speedrunner you can find the youtube if you look for uh what's the game where you're in the kettle it was oh a, yeah yeah yeah. um getting over it or yep, something like that yeah yep so you can watch this video about it's like a two-minute video of this dev reacting to a speed run of getting over it, but he really doesn't react to the speed run at all. He kind of just talks about his approach, his view of speed runners. And it's like, you know, a game developer will take a really long time, like, you know, chisel out this perfect statue exactly representing what he wants. And then a normal player will walk up to it and, you know, look at the statue and appreciate it and be like, that's cool. A uh, speed runner will look at it, study every single detail, until it understands everything to the greatest detail literally possible and then it breaks it over its knee <laughs> it's as possible or some shit like that it's like yeah speed running is definitely uh it it just entirely changes the game it's just such a different approach to gaming it's no longer just based on you know oh am i gonna get from point a to point b it is it becomes this yeah math and optimization equation that's yeah super cool obviously i like speed running so no, speed speedrun is super cool, and yeah, like you said, there's a there's a lot of videos of developers reacting to speedruns. I think IGN posts a lot of videos of that too. I think um, that's who the video was released by. Which I like the I like the reactions. I haven't seen other ones, but it's nice to hear someone reacting to it. So yeah, and, and a lot of times the developers too will say like they'll they'll see the the speedrunner do something and be like, wait. There, there's supposed to be like a wall there to to prevent that. To like, oh, they'll like hypothesize what they're exploiting, or like yell at each other jokingly for like, oh, that was your team's responsibility to get that fixed, and all this kind of stuff. It's a pretty fun perspective on speedrunning, which is already kind of a cool thing, for sure. Also, if you want to watch Hollow Knight speedrun, the previous world record holder, Fireborn. I wasn't plugging myself. Oh, I thought you were going to um, plug yourself. I got excited. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the previous world record holder, Fireborn, has a react to Pest, so he kind of explains what the strats are as he's going through, which is a little bit easier to understand if you're not familiar with the category uh, and the glitches, which I like a lot. It makes makes it a lot more enjoyable to watch if you're not familiar with the stuff. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's my that's my stuff. Well, I guess I have to pick then, don't I? See. Oh shit. 
So as as you were talking, I was trying to think of what what to pick, um, and I, I think my final way I thought of was what game would I go back to, or would I be more likely to go back to and play again? And The Last of Us Part Two is the easy answer. Oh, Bioshock's easy answer for me with those two. <laughs> like the, the Last of Us Part Two. Especially because now knowing that twist halfway through the game and playing through it from Ellie's perspective again, now knowing what um, you're doing and what's happening, I think would be really interesting. And there's just a lot of detail and a lot of exploration. I think um, I I missed as well, kind of going through it. It's it's something I want to go back to, just really soak in more of the details, see see more of it. Bioshock, I feel like I got everything out of Bioshock as I needed to. Like, going through it again, it's not that I don't want to go through it again. I would still love to play through Bioshock again, but if I had to pick between the two, I think I would get more out of a second playthrough at The Last of Us Part Two than Bioshock. I feel like the gameplay is more enjoyable than Bioshock. That's kind of why I would want to go back. All the... Like I barely, That's fair. I barely utilize like the the spells that you get. I forgot exactly what they call them, but you yeah. get the the slug upgrades. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of creative things tonics? that you can do with killing people. Maybe might be tonics, um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of creative things that you can do with it. That yeah, really really fun. And so I I just feel like the Last of Us is a really long. And I already know the story, so I feel like it would definitely be like a big diminishing return in that aspect. Um, but yeah, also uh, just the gameplay on Bioshock and the environment's super cool, as we've talked about a million times. It's just fun to like be playing in it and explore it. But that, that's fair, yeah. and I, th- I think that's where we still diverge. Is like I, I, I thought Ori rather... made you a good gamer, bro. <laughs> no, I still like. I think Bioshock does have like it's from a gameplay perspective there's more going on constantly like you are constantly in the gameplay loop last of us part two is a lot of traversal soaking in the environment and the story um and story beats i mean there's definitely a gameplay but i agree with you on that aspect um i think i don't remember if it was the first bioshock or the second bioshock but there's some point later in the game it might be bioshock 2 where something is happening to you and so you are randomly getting the tonic abilities even ones that you never got yes yeah, yeah, yeah and that that was so fun like it it it's kind of forcing you to experiment with the other um abilities and it was just that was super cool i, I really and just not knowing kind of the rng like one of my favorite moves um playing pokemon growing up was metronome um because it, like clefairy would have it and uh i don't remember the, the other pokemon but it's essentially like a random move like you use it and something random happens. Um, and that's just, I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. I think that's fun. So yeah, uh, but Bioshock great, but it, you all heard how tough of a decision that was. I, I think very highly of Bioshock and I don't want to eliminate it, but eh. the last of us part two <laughs> was just, just for me, a game. I want to go back to that story. That story effed me up, bro. Hey bro. You finally have to fucking play Hollow Knight now. I I mean, watching you play it, it I, I did forget how gorgeous it is, too. Um, and I mean, hey, if you can beat it in an hour, then psh, I got this. Took my roommate 40 hours to beat, which is about my first run through. Well. But that's wow, very, actually, that's, that's, that's long. 
That's very completionist. Like it was, I think I was in the mid thirties and I was at like a hundred and four, 104 or 106%. I technically didn't do the last boss, the radiance. Okay. Quasi spoilers, but, uh, um, yeah, that's, it's definitely very completion. 112% is actually a hundred percent in that game. So <laughs> yeah, Ori, um, my 100% completion was in in game of me actually playing was 17 hours i think um so definitely much shorter um than than hollow knight from what it sounds so that should be interesting but no yeah i i i think i will i i still got to play through oh, maybe closer just got home but yeah i i think i have to yeah, she have did. to play god of war um finish that um yeah, but maybe, maybe Hollow Knight next after God of War. Be a good one to stream. <laughs> Spoken from a true master. But yeah, Last of Us Part 2 for me. So that's that's all she wrote. Goodbye, Bioshock forever. Until I switch the bracket to put it somewhere else. <laughs> that's true. I'm still mulling over the Bioshock Metroid Prime. I gotta, honestly, I really should do a revisit of both of them. It's just it's been a really long time since I played Bioshock. My memory definitely does not. I have terrible memory, so my memory does not serve me well. Who are um, you? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. Metro Prime's a banger, though. Man, that was a bad matchup for me. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank, thank you, you all for watching. Yeah. Canadians. Shout out. Um, uh, there, there was no really new Instagram comments because we didn't have any new Instagram posts. So um, sorry. Links to, in the description. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Links in the description. Uh, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. If you agree with us, all that fun crap. And we will catch you in the next one. Juicy. Juicy. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love to hear what you have to say about these games. So make sure follow us on or subscribe, whatever you want to call it, over on the YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at MoVideoGames for both. Leave some comments. Let us know what you'd like to hear about in the future, what you think. And we appreciate you so much. We hope you're having a great day. And we'll see you real soon in the next one. Juice.